when you look at your life, if you're anything like me, in the past, I would only be able to remember and see the negative. It dawned on me one day after reading all these books and everything else like that a few years ago that I had a choice and I was making the wrong choice. That's what we're going to be talking about. So the big question is this, how are artists, jewelers, and art-based business owners like us who make our own products and run our businesses, how do we find the time and the money to push our creative limits and still grow and scale our companies? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler, and welcome to The Jeweler's Philosophy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Jeweler's Philosophy. I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler. Today, we are talking about reframing things that you are misremembering. So, I want to talk about this idea of reframing, right? And we've talked about it before. I've talked about it before here on the show. And the thing that's interesting is, is that it's, it's all up in your head, right? I mean, the reframing and the memories and everything else like that, they're things that you did or whatever and you are remembering or misremembering at least for me and you know the other thing is that and this goes down to all kinds of stuff right so the first thing that I want to talk about is it's just about reframing it's about taking things that are in your life or different things right everybody has weaknesses this isn't news We've all got things that we feel are our weaknesses or other people like to tell us our weaknesses. Now, the thing that's interesting about the weaknesses that we all have and that we all recognize is that for some reason, a lot of us feel that we are bound by them because we believe that they're true, right? In our heads, we've believed these things for so long that we just think that they're just fact. And, you know, you still, if you're alive and you can think, you still have a choice and you can choose to see something differently. I want to illustrate this point by telling you guys a little bit about myself. So I hope that's okay. I am dyslexic, pretty severely dyslexic, have been my whole life. My dad is dyslexic. I have dealt with this forever. Now, as a kid, you know, it was very disheartening for me because I didn't learn how to type. I was pulled out of classes that I liked, like art classes and music classes and stuff like that, so I could go and learn how to read in the resource room. This was back in the 90s. And I definitely didn't like it. Now, back in the day, luckily, I've always been outspoken and I've never really taken a whole lot of of garbage. And so it wasn't the worst thing in the world for me personally, because I just kind of scooted around it. I was the kid that because I was a little bit different because I was dyslexic, I went like way over the deep end and I would just, I was the weird kid, right? I was voted most unique in my high school among other things. But I ended up like, I tried to embrace this as much as I possibly could. And and the idea was, (laughs) tell me if this sounds familiar, right? If I made fun of myself first, right? It took away the power of somebody else making fun of me. So they'd make fun of my dyslexia and I'd be like, yep, totally can't read, but it's cool because that just means I don't have to do it. And, And then it would like snowball and it would get bigger. Even now, you know, people talk to me often. I've got lots of piercings and I got lots of tattoos and stuff like that. And 
I, I mean, I have seven piercings in my mouth alone. And I have lots of people, specifically on my Instagram, and they are, which is at Buffalo Craft Co. and at The Jewelers Philosophy. But there's a couple of, of people, specifically from other places, right? India seems to be a really big one, and the Netherlands are pretty big. And they just rail on me for, for my piercings, right? Like, I'll put up a, like, I'll ask them. I asked a couple of questions the other, like, a couple months ago or something, and it was like, what should I keep doing? What should I start doing? What should I stop doing? And, or I'll be like, you know, tell me your question or ask me a question or something. And every single time I put up something like that, I get somebody from one of those countries that says things like, stop putting balls in your face, or why do you have all that stuff in your face, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's culture difference, but my response is always the same, right? It has been for many years, and it's because, like, now I think it's funny. I started doing it because if you don't, if you give somebody a non-answer that you really don't care about, right, that shuts down all other things, it negates the possibility of backlash. So for instance, somebody makes fun of the way that I look and I'm like, man, I know I look stupid. I paid a lot of money to look this stupid. Like that's not lost on me, you know? And what are they going to say to that? Yeah, you look stupid. I'll be like, yeah, I just said that. Like, come on. Right. So it's, it's interesting because when I look at this as what it is, right. And being dyslexic and everything else like that, I've had to learn a lot of coping mechanisms, not only for reading, but it's trickled over into my, into my other parts of my life. Right. And the thing that's really interesting is, is that growing up, my dad always played the pity card with it. My dad is very dyslexic only in the fifties and sixties when he was a kid, he was labeled as retarded. So he was, they didn't know what dyslexia was at the time. So he ended up going and he was in BOCES, a really smart guy, but he went and became a tool and die maker. He worked at Kodak for many years. Um, and he's brilliant with his hands. He was a woodworker. He did small engine repair. He's done everything. He was a laborer my whole life and just killed it. I mean, the guy was, knew how to work like crazy. It's awesome. But the, the thing is, is that he always played the dyslexic card. I'm going to say really well, but in actuality, it was really bad, right? Like he would just not do things and he would hide behind the fact that he was dyslexic. And I never liked that. When I was growing up, it was never a question of if I was gonna go to college, it was where. Looking back though, I had a lot of fun at college and I learned stuff. Uh, I don't think it was the best use of time or money, but I do see the validity in it, right? It was was my mom's prerogative to distinguish me differently than my father. Now this this is my own point of view, right? It was almost like they, my parents got divorced when I was a kid, I was seven. Uh, I'm the second, Mark Damien Farrell the second, he's Mark Damien Farrell the first, and the biggest slam growing up was that I was acting like my father after they got divorced. And it, like looking back, and even then it was like my mom was trying to prove something by by doing better the second time around, right? She couldn't, she couldn't change my dad, she couldn't fix him, she couldn't whatever, I don't know, whatever it was, didn't matter. She couldn't do any of that stuff. So, but you could with me, right? Because I was a kid and, and I was like a ball of, ball of clay. So now I'm not saying this because I think this is bad, right? I think, I think that this is, her heart was in the right place and that's cool, but it's kind of interesting that, you know, I got to see, here's one end, right? One parent was pushing so hard for me to be my own person and to be functioning in society and everything else like that. But I I saw my dad who was doing that too, but he had pretty much given up, 
right? I mean, he had he had pretty much cast it aside and just said, well, I'm dyslexic. I don't know how to do it. I mean, to this day, I talked to him about computers. He's like, I don't know. Mark, Mark, Mark. I don't know how to do that. It's a computer. I'm like, dad, dude, you have a Mac. Like, you just talk into it and it talks back. It's not that tough, right? You can YouTube stuff. You can Google stuff. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. But he's got so many mods on his computer. I can't even help him anymore. It's ridiculous. But the thing that's crazy is, so, so I got to see both ends, right? I got to see somebody like really working it and using it as leverage, right? Which is what my dad was doing. I remember being a kid and we would go to Wegmans. If you're from the North, you know what Wegmans is. It's a grocery store. It's awesome. But you know, he w- we would go to Wegmans and we would be with him on the weekends and he didn't know how to write a check. This was before credit cards were like the mainstay, right? It was all checks. And he couldn't write the check because he couldn't write out the words. Now, I still have problems writing out the words too, but I have an iPhone, so it's not that tough. But in any event, he would literally hand his checkbook over to the teller and he would tell, he would say to them, I'm dyslexic, I can't write a check. Can you write it for me? I don't want to do that. That's not good, right? So, and this happens to everybody, right? And dyslexia is, is like one thing that I've got. Um, right but i've got a whole host of things right you've got a whole host of things like look back at your life right think about think about the stuff that you remember that you think is a negative right any number of things it could be whatever you wanted right i mean for a long time mine was i mean i had a lot of hang-ups as a kid because my parents got divorced so young and because it, the divorce was really really messy right and so there was a lot of a lot of garbage that ended up happening because of that and you know but you have two choices you can either one play the victim or two you can use it as a learning experience because now it's in the past and it doesn't actually affect you right all of that stuff that i just told you about that doesn't affect me anymore it's not who i am it doesn't have any bearing on my life it doesn't have anything like that right i'm just a dude i'm hopelessly average right i got the same problems that you have they're different right but we all have problems Right? You probably got some learning thing. You know, my wife didn't like school. She wasn't very good at it. Not that she did bad at it and got bad grades. She just didn't like going. Right? And and the teachers were bad or the curriculum was bad or whatever. Like think about think about the stuff that you don't like. Think about the stuff that you that you're bound to, right? And the problem is is that when we're kids, this forms our identity. Right? As a child, I also had tinted glasses. I had scotopic sensitivity, which means that the fluorescent lights in the school and everything would affect the way that the words, the black and white words on the page were. And I would literally look at the words and they would vibrate and then they would slide off the page. If you've ever seen the movie Casper the Friendly Ghost that had a, I want to say it was a Winona Ryder, whatever, it was like in the 90s. And he tries to become a boy, right, in his, in his parents' or his dad's lab. And he's sitting in the chair and, he, and he's like, did it work? And it was, he, he's a fried egg and his eye like slides off the yolk, right? That's what happened to the words. They were on the page and they would vibrate and then they would slide off and they would be on the table. Like it was super trippy shit, right? Really weird. And I was like in first grade. I didn't know what the hell was going on, right? So I went to New York City with my mom and I got special green tinted lenses. So now I'm the only kid in the school really that's diagnosed with dyslexia, right? So everybody thinks that I'm stupid because I can't read. And then on top of it, I'm the only kid in this whole school that's got green tinted glasses to offset and color correct the lights that are in the school, right? Like I'm this funky pariah, right? 
And so, but I had to overcome it. And, and my mom changed it around, right? She was like, yo, she's like, man, these glasses are cool. Like, you're the only one. Like, don't worry about it. Everybody's making fun of you because they wish they had that. And, and as a kid, like, you don't believe it, right? Like, you know you don't believe it. I know I didn't believe it. It's the same thing when, you know, she told me that copying is the sincerest form of flattery. My brother wouldn't leave me alone, right? He copied everything I did, and it drove me bananas. But the problem is, is that when you're a kid, like, you don't have that frame of reference. Like, you can't look back. But now you're an adult, and you can look back. And so I challenge you to look at the things in your life right? Look at the things that you hold to be true that are negative, that form who you are and what you believe, right? And then I want you to look at those things and say, fuck you and look at them totally differently, right? Take my dyslexia, for instance. In the last four years, I've really taken what my dyslexia used to mean, which was a negative. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. It was hard. I didn't want to email. I didn't want to talk to people. I I love talking to people, but I didn't want to I didn't want to be emailing. I didn't want to have written correspondence. I only wanted to talk to my customers. It made this huge bottleneck. I had a whole bunch of issues and problems and everything else like that because I hadn't embraced this thing as being a strength, right? Your negatives, your your things that you're hung up on, the things that you feel are, are slights against you, they're not. You're choosing to see them as a slight. Stop choosing to see them as a slight. Start choosing to see them as something that's aiding you. For instance, my dyslexia, right? So as a kid, right, I I couldn't read, right? I I couldn't do it. It took me years and years and years. I was in, I remember during the summer when I wasn't at summer camp, right? My mom got me a tutor and every year for like five years, I had this tutor come for like a half an hour a day for, for like weeks, right? When I wasn't in summer camp for like the last five to six weeks of the, the summer, right? Or, or four, four weeks of the summer or whatever it was, she would come and sit with me for like a half an hour. I was in daycare after they split up, right? And she would come to the daycare and she'd teach me how to read. And I was getting reading lessons from school and everything else like that, right? So it taught me a lot of things, right? It, it taught me stuff like how to be determined, right? I knew it was not a question of, um, I, I, my mom told me I had to learn how to read. I had to learn how to read because I couldn't go through life not knowing how to read. I mean, she was right, you know? And so now it taught me to be determined. It taught me drive. It taught me really funky, weird workarounds, right? A lot of the reason that I'm able to do this podcast and do the content that I'm doing and think outside the box and not even believe that there is a box, right? Just like think about different stuff. A lot of that has to do with the fact that I see the world differently. Right? You see the world differently. We're both artists. That's what it's about, right? As artists, as entrepreneurs, right? We see the world differently. But that means that we need to be able to look at the things that we believe are bad and we need to be able to reframe these things. So now, my dyslexia, it taught me how to think differently, right? I have, I can't say that I have a photographic memory because I technically don't, but there are things that like I never studied in school and I got straight A's and I was, I, I was on the honor roll and I was on the Dean's list and I did all kinds of stuff. Now, granted, I, I played in my strengths and I took a boatload of art classes, but even in all my other classes, right? Now I had people that would read me the tests and everything else like that, which was great, but like they didn't help me on the test. They just read me the questions. And so 
I've got this thing that, you know, I remember, I file things differently. I can categorize things differently. I can recall information differently. And so I'll hear something, right? And it'll like snap me back to where I need to go to remember stuff. Part of that, I, if anybody knows me personally, right? You know, you can't read my writing. It's like cryptic, okay? I am the worst handwriter in the world and typing isn't much better because my brain's going so much faster than my fingers can go right or my hand can go like I'm missing I get some of the core parts but I miss a lot of the like conjunction words and the the framing words and I just can't do it that's why it's like my phone is so it's like I've maxed it out I have a 256 gig iPhone and I've maxed it out four times because I have so many videos on there. I mean, even to do this podcast, when something pops into my brain that I'm like, man, that's a great podcast episode. I don't write it down. I put it in there as a, as a note in a video and I've got a special folder. To remember this stuff, I have to write it down, right? So I've got pages and I keep all of this stuff, right? I've got all the copy, all the text from the last three years of all of my Instagram posts. Yeah, I keep all of it. It's all on my iPad. It's all on my computer. Right? It's like I keep all of that stuff. But the other thing is, is that it's the, it's the mechanicalness, right? It's, it's the writing while thinking. It's doing two things. If you're a jeweler, it's plastic deformation, right? You can get your metal to do things that you need it to do because you make it do two things at one time. It's called plastic deformation. So you push down and you twist and it breaks your grain boundaries and makes it be a better, keeps the metal where it needs to be, right? If you just push it, it keeps on bouncing back. But if you push and twist, now it, it makes the grains do two things and they slide over each other and it keeps your metal where it is. That's how you vector tighten things. Little little gold nugget of truth right there if you're a jeweler. But so the big the big gem here is the reframing, right? And and the goal is to really look at the things that, that you feel are negatives and find ways to reframe them. I've been doing this now for about two years and it's astounding the things that I look back and I'm like, man, I only remember the negative of all of these things, right? As humans, as people, we are innately designed, right, for fight or flight. Like we have very few things that are actually inherent to our being, our thought process, right? Like lots of, almost all other animals on the face of the planet, right, have instincts. Humans don't technically have instincts because we have freedom, we have, we have free will, right? And so the only thing that's really carried over is this thing that we all have that is, we tend to, that, that we all focus on the negative. We're a negative driven species. And the reason is because back in the day when we were early humans, before we had all these comforts of cars and houses and like we own the world, right? Before we had all that stuff, we were just another animal. And so we needed more instinct to, to get by. And so we would always be constantly like, what's, what's going on, what's, what's going on, right? So when that fight or flight thing kicked in, we had the ability to either fight or flee. Right, and but now in today's society, we don't necessarily need that, but a lot of that stuff that's carried over is the negative recall. So I challenge you, look back at your life, right? Look back at when you're a kid. I do not remember one happy Christmas because I always made my mom cry at Christmas, right? Or, or I didn't get what I wanted on Christmas or whatever, right? It may make me sound like a big jerk, but it's true. I'm not gonna lie about it, right? But now as an adult, 
I get to look back at that and I can think about things differently, right? I get to reframe what that means. I get to reframe all these negative things, these negative things that I think are negative, right? I don't like the way my body looks, true story. I don't like, I didn't like the way that, I, that my body looked, right? I hadn't taken my shirt off in 10 years in public. I would go to a pool, wouldn't take my shirt off, also wouldn't get in the pool. We'd go to the lake, wouldn't take my shirt off, also wouldn't get in the lake. And, but I love swimming, right? Because I didn't like the way that my body looked. So, uh, you know, everybody knows that I started running. Partly because I was tired of not liking that. Like, dude, I get to choose that. I'm putting the food in my mouth, right? I'm the one that's choosing not to make time to work out and be healthy, right? I'm the one that's smoking cigarettes. I'm the one that's drinking myself into the ground. I'm the one that's doing this. I'm the one that has unhealthy practices. I'm the one that's, you know, thinking that, oh, well, you know, tomorrow's another day, blah, blah. Screw that, dude. Like, reframe that shit right? Sooner than later, as you get older, like you realize that you're running out of time, right? Like I've only got so many years left at 35, right? If I get to live to be 90, that means that I've already got a third gone, right? And I don't know. I mean, I could die tomorrow. Shit. I could die right now. I'm in the car. I don't know. Right. I'm doing a podcast. (laughs) I'm paying attention to the road, but you know, I mean, there's something to be said about, about that. Right. And so I challenge you to pick your biggest negative, right? Think of the biggest thing that you got right now that you know that you're like, man, this is me. This is my defining shit, right? Take that, write it down, then write, uh, like draw a line. And then on the other side of the line, change the words 180 degrees differently. 180 degrees right there, right? And see if that's, see if that, see, and then, and then live that, right? That's the opposite. That's the other outcome, right? You could either see it as being a negative or you flip it over and it's going to be a positive, right? Heads or tails. Look at the coin, right? It's either good or it's bad, right? Look at things that way and start analyzing them. Start looking at the things in your life. I mean, the dyslexia thing for me is huge because for a long time I'd look at it and I'd be like, oh, I'm just, I can't do that. I'm dyslexic, man. I don't want to email people. I'm dyslexic. Well, I can't do, I can't watch a movie that has subtitles. I'm dyslexic. I can't read that book. I'm dyslexic. It doesn't come on audio. I can't read it. I'm dyslexic. Right? And it was crippling. It's just crippling. And you are probably doing the same thing, right? Because you're human. And because I know that all humans, right, look at themselves with the harshest lens. I do. I'm pretty sure you do too. You can always look at somebody else and be like, oh my gosh, their life, it's so good, it's so perfect, I wish, I wish, I wish. But then you look at your life and I'm like, I'm crap. My work is crap. My job is crap. Everything else is crap, right? I'm terrible, I'm horrible, I'm ugly, I'm, I smell bad, I'm whatever. But look, here's the thing. You get to make the choices, right? If you don't like those things, do the things that you wanna do. Do the things the way you wanna do them. Change the way that you're doing them frame it differently, right? And it starts, it's interesting, like as I'm moving forward and as I'm doing more podcast episodes and as I'm getting out there and I'm making more content, I'm doing all this other stuff, right? I'm seeing all of these things, like these things are just popping into my head and I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy, right? Things are just adding up and it doesn't even make any sense, Right? And it's like, and I can reframe so much of that stuff. And it's amazing. Right? And it's really, really freeing. It's really cool. And and I wanted to I wanted to share that with everybody because I feel that 
there is some really important things that happen, you know, that when you're a kid, you don't have the framework to manipulate all these things, right? You don't have that life experience. You don't have the adult brain, right? Like you're, excuse me, you're a kid. I look at my daughter who's four and like, I remember stuff when I'm four. Man, she's not think the way I think, right? I don't want to carry that with me. I don't want you to carry that with you, right? That's like, that's like giving my four-year-old, so I don't have a sweet car, right? I've got a sweet van, but it's like giving my daughter the keys to the van and being like, have fun. (laughs) See ya, right? Right? Like, why are we carrying all this stuff around with us? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me, right? And 10 to one, a lot of the stuff, probably it doesn't matter if it was good or bad, right? I'm going to tell you that right now. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Doesn't matter. Who cares? It's in the past. You can't change it, right? But you can learn from it. And the learning from it, that's the key, right? That's the gem right there. That's the huge gem. That's a big ass gem for you. For real. Like, you look at all of that stuff. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again, right? Stop trying to think of good and bad instances, right? All that happens are experiences. It's input. Think about a computer, okay? You put computer input in. It doesn't know if it's good or bad. It just knows what it is, and then it can run algorithms and tests, and it can get better based upon the input that's put in there. Facebook is a great example, right? So is Amazon. It gathers your data, right? Your, your spending habits and everything else like that. It bulks you together with other people that have also similar spending habits. And then it spits out recommendations. How many of those times have they been right? I know for me, it's a lot, right? Oh man, I never even thought of that. It knows you better than you know you, but it's because it's an algorithm, right? It's not saying good or bad. It's saying here's input. And with all this other input, I can analyze the input and I can get better. That's the way I'm choosing to live my life now right? I had all this back input from being a kid. Good, bad, or indifferent. Doesn't matter. I can't change it, but it's all up here, right? So if it's bad, I try to change it to good because I don't want to be negative anymore. I don't want to look at the bad. I want to remember the good, right? My kids, I want to remember good stuff about my kids. I want to remember good holidays about my kids. I don't want to be focused on the bad stuff. I don't want to be focused on the shit that's negative with me or with my wife or the situation or all this other stuff, right? Because at the end of the day, who cares, right? When I'm on my deathbed, I don't want to be sitting there thinking, man, my life was so bad. All I remember is bad shit, but I know there's good stuff. You know there's good stuff. We need to, we need to be focused more on the good stuff. Right? You need to take your weaknesses, which we all have them, and you need to be brutally honest. I mean, brutally honest. Right? Like, for real. I'm going to move over here because there's a better light. I mean, brutally honest. Right? I want you to be scary honest. And, and, and really look at the things that you hold to be negatively true. Right? Your weaknesses. Take a look at those things and flip them. You can turn those into your strengths. Me being dyslexic is one of the biggest strengths I've got. It taught me so much about myself, about thinking, about doing different things and manipulating situations to accommodate my shortcomings, right? I know that. And the invention of video and, and audio and like an iPhone, holy crap, man, blew my mind. 
If I had an iPhone in high school, I wouldn't need to tell anybody I was dyslexic. Nobody. Not a chance. Right? But because I didn't have that, I have to. So I want, I want everybody to, to really realize that, you know, you get a choice. Just because previously things that you've believed to be negative don't have to stay negative. We all get the choice to change that stuff. And it's all up here, right? Your new customers, your new friends, your new clients, your new anybody, right? Your business. You get to make your business what it is. Why would you grab all the garbage bullshit that used to be who you are or when you were a kid or all these bad stories, everything else like that? Like, you get to start new, right? I was watching Riding in Cars with Comedians with Jerry Seinfeld. I talk about it a lot. And he was talking to somebody, I don't remember who, but they said that, you know, freshman year of college is like, it's beta testing your new, your new personality, right? And that was interesting because like when you go, most people, when they go to college, they go and they get out of their hometown, right? So they are new. They're totally different. They could be whoever they want, right? But we all, so many of us, it's like we just keep schlepping all this garbage. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler. I'm this cool guy and I'm doing all this stuff and I make all this content. I'm, I'm a really great jeweler and I make custom jewelry and I love it and it's awesome. Here's my whole like bag of garbage that I had from when I was a kid that makes me feel insecure and like, like shit in that, you know, it's just terrible and bad and this is, this is all my, all my crap. You want it? Nobody wants that. And if you're carrying it all around with you, don't you want it to help you? I do. Man, I'm tired. I'm just tired. I'm tired of being negative. I'm tired of being self-loathing and feeling that I'm not good enough or I don't deserve it or I can't do it or anything like that. Man, it's all up here. You're the one thinking it. I'm the one thinking it. We all need to stop thinking it. Think about yourself in the best light possible. Right? If you think about you as good as you could be or better, right? Like you think that you can do anything. You got to, you know, you, you want to reframe it like I don't want to carry around all that stuff, right? And I don't think you want to carry around all of it either. There's no reason for it. Start looking at your negatives and try to make them as positive as possible, right? And it shouldn't be it's going to be really hard up front, but I mean at the end of the day, I mean you owe it to yourself. Right? You're the only one that's thinking that stuff. And other people look for you for, for clues or for cues. We've talked about this too. It's not a secret. But you want to be more positive. Right? And, and start trying to take your, your weaknesses, your shortcomings, your, your follies, your mess-ups, right? And, and turn them into strengths. Right? Learn from them. That's what mistakes are for. Learning. If you're not learning from them and you're just carrying them around as being negative stuff you're not doing you're not using them the way that they should be used it's just not you're you're misunderstanding the opportunity and you're missing this beautiful opportunity to really dive deep and learn about yourself so i challenge you look at your shortcomings look at the stuff that you are feeling are negatives and and find ways to turn them into positives it's great it's amazing right start with your childhood that's where everybody starts that's where everybody thinks that they are the worst person right at least for me i did because you never do anything right as a kid, right? Everybody tells you that you're an idiot. <laughs> but for real, 
I mean, it's crazy and it's reframing. And the more that you get into this habit of doing it now, it's like, you know, I'll do something, I'll mess up and I can reframe it like that, right? I'll be talking to somebody and they'll, and, and I can stop it and reframe it, right? When Nolan Sponsley, right? Who was one of my employees, he quit working for me. I was like, oh man, I'm like, I'm going to be like, he told me, he pulled me aside and started talking to me about it. And I was like, man, he's going to quit. And I knew it. And in my head, I was like, oh, you dirty bastard. But it's like, I stopped and I reframed it. And I was like, you know what? You've quit every single job you've ever had, me. I've quit every single job I've ever had. And I didn't do any of that to screw somebody over. I did it for the pursuit of my happiness. And that's what he was doing too. I can't get mad at that as a business owner. Why would I get mad at that, right? Dude's trying to do better for him. That's great. I'm trying to do better for me. Just because those things aren't aligning anymore is fine, right? It's not a problem. It's just the truth. So, but I was able to do it while he was talking to me. I was able to stop, put what I wanted to feel aside and flip it and look at it in a different light. And I was like, all right, I get it. Sure, dude. Sweet. And it made a huge difference. Right now I can do it on the fly. It makes me a better person. It's going to make you a better person. It makes you be able to learn better and use things better. Not everybody's trying to attack you. Right? That's what it always felt like to me. Like everybody was trying to attack me. They were getting down on me because they would say things, right? Even if it was not intended to be that way, they would ask me a question and I would take it negatively because everybody said stuff negative to me, right? Everybody says stuff negative to you, maybe. I don't know. But it's like, you know, that's the way I saw it. That's the way I viewed it. That's just bad. It's wrong. It's bad business. Try not to do it, right? Not everybody's out to get you. Nine times out of 10, they're actually out to help you, right? It's you that thinks they're out to get you. That's your problem. That's up here. That's something you got to reframe. That's something I had to reframe. I'm still working on it, right? Write it down. Reframe it. It's the best way to do it. Write down your misbelief, then write the exact opposite and only believe the opposite. Start saying it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? Till you rewrite the thing that you previously believed. There's the gem, baby, right there. That's what I got. I'm Mark Farrell, The Jeweler. This is The Jeweler's Philosophy. We'll see y'all next time. For even more information about growing your art-based business, head over to buffalocraft.com now. There, you'll find our most recent offers. And be sure to sign up for our email list so you get the most up-to-date info about what we're doing and working on. While you're there, check out the Mill t-shirt. Head to buffalocraft.com now.